Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. All right, we are just about 10 days away from the next open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified, the opportunity for you to not only increase your knowledge and confidence in dryland training, but then you get to put some fancy credentials behind your name so that others know that you have invested the time and energy to make sure that you can create a knowledgeable, effective, safe dryland program for your swimmers or even for yourself if you're a self-coached master swimmer. I'm going to be doing a webinar to talk more about the process of becoming SSDC along with the process of dryland training and how we've put that together in a certification. The webinar is the process of dryland.training. You can go there to register. It's in the show notes as well. The process of dryland.training. It's Sunday night, April 25th, the day before open enrollment. So make sure you join and make sure you attend live. There are going to be some special surprises for those that attend live, but we will of course put out a replay as well. And if you haven't already checked out the Surge Strength Dryland certification, just to know what it is we are offering to be ready for the moment doors open and open enrollment, because it's only going to be for a few days. It's a limited time thing. Head over to our website, surgestrength.com slash certification get all the details there. On today's episode, I'm excited to talk dry land talk with Josh Gregory. And he's a swim coach and athletic trainer up in Alaska. And so Josh obviously has a lot of background and knowledge when it comes to strength training, dealing with athletes and injuries with his education as an athletic trainer. But what I love that Josh got out of SSDC is the swimming specificness of it. And that even he hasn't even achieved uh, all the way through the course yet. He's just taken his time, had lots of stuff going on. But he got through, not even through module one, and he's already like, wow, I'm already learning stuff. And then that got him excited and motivated about dryland. He felt like sometimes it was kind of getting stale a little bit, and then his swimmers can kind of tell. And now he's already figuring out cues and other things that he's learning while he's becoming SSDC that he's able to put into practice immediately and then see the results as well. And that can be you too. In just a few days, you can be enrolled too along with Josh to become SSDC. So make sure you check out those links in the show notes. Let's jump on in with Josh. Dryland Talk. So Josh, do you remember the the kind of trigger point where you finally decided, or maybe it wasn't that long, to, to actually enroll and become SSDC? Um, yeah, it was all because of the coach mentor program mm-hmm. through, uh, USA swimming. And so our coaches rep, Kevin Knox, um, he sent out this email and said, Hey, is anybody interested in this program? We have some money from USA swimming, mm-hmm. um, that, that we want to use. And normally that program, you get coaches traveling to be mentored by other coaches. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. Cause originally might... Kevin actually reached out to me to see if I would travel to Alaska. And I said, okay. 
Well, I mean, yeah, but that's probably going to cost as much, if not more than all of your coaches getting certified and they're probably going to get better experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we had this money from USA swimming that we needed to use and nobody could really travel, you know, um, or we were asked to not travel. And so, uh, yeah, he got us all set up on this, um, surge program and it's been awesome. That's cool. Especially that means a lot coming from you with a background, right? In exercise science and athletic training. Can you speak a little bit more to that about, was it because it was swimming specific? Was it just a good refresh for you? I'm curious why, especially someone like yourself, that's pretty well educated because I could understand why others, some coaches who like majored in art or some, you know, philosophy that have no background are going to get a lot out of the program. But you know, you in particular, that makes me feel good about what we created. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think part of it is that it was a refresher, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, um, well, I graduated college in 2010, so it's been <laughs> 10, 11 years. Um, and you don't use that, you don't, you don't, you don't use that all the time, right? You might, you might use a little bit of the knowledge you got in college, uh, you know, every once in a while, but it's not like you're using it every day. So it was a good refresher. And then, probably the thing that excited me the most about it was how, yeah, it's swimming specific, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's other, um, you know, you could be a certified strength and conditioning coach, uh, mm -hmm. and you can get, you could get other, other certifications, but they're not swimming specific. Mm -hmm. And, um, since we're all swim coaches and we <laughs> are in the swimming world, um, uh, I think that's what hit home the most for me was, um, yeah, I might have the athletic training background from 10 years ago, but it wasn't swimming specific at all. Mm. You know, it was just uh, general athletics and general athletes coming mm -hmm. to you with uh, with sports injuries or or kinesiology questions or that kind of thing. But the surge program being swimming specific, I think, was the most exciting. That's awesome. Is there anything that is now at the top of your mind of a focus in dryland, whether it's like improving this part or I'm excited when we get to this phase, what, what kind of stuff comes to mind? Um, yeah, I think, well, I think it's going to, it might change once we get into the weight room again, mm -hmm. you know, um, which hopefully is soon. I think numbers are coming down pretty well and uh, restrictions are starting to get lifted a little bit, at least up here in Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. Um so I think it might change at that point, but right now the thing that's top of mind and, and most exciting is, um, the core stabilization. I know I keep going back to it, but, uh, you know, core is huge. That's for the, for a swimmer, they use their core constantly. Right. And being able, like you were talking about being able to keep tension, mm -hmm. um, throughout the swim, uh, and, and not losing that tension in the core later in the race. Right. Yeah. Um, and, we need to do more with range of motion. Um, I think, uh, and it's not just stretching, right? It's not just flexibility, <laughs> it, which, uh, which I think we kind of had the, that mindset. We would do dynamic warm up type of stuff, but then if we were trying to do any range of motion, it was basically all just stretching. Mm. Um, and now we know that there's some better exercises, uh, or some different exercises for range of motion. Um, so I think those are the two things I'm most excited about right now. With the range of motion, can you flush that out a little bit more so a coach can envision like before you were doing this or maybe you, you know, maybe you weren't even 
you were just neglecting it versus now, what does that difference actually look like if they were to observe your dryland practice? Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't doing much before. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, so what, if, it wasn't even anything, a thought. It's like, <laughs> not really. I mean, um, at, after, after a workout, uh, especially after a dry land workout, when we were in the weight room, we would say, okay, spend five minutes here and stretch your hamstrings, right? Just, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and I think we did an okay job with the warm up phase mm -hmm. before stuff. Um, but that's, you know, that's not really work and range of motion. That's just getting warmed up. Right. So, um, and now that's, that's important that coaches understand that. Cause I think it's easy for them to kind of conflate the two and say, Oh, well, because we're doing dynamic warmup, they're going to increase their range of motion. And I mean, maybe a tiny bit, but like, that's not really the focus. So that I think that's important for coaches even to just realize th those are two very different things. And what's the goal, right? Like what's the point of what you're doing? Right. And so we, we had the goal of warming up, which, which was fine. We did mm -hmm. that and, and that's important, but we didn't really ever have a goal of improving range of motion. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I don't know if it was because, well, I'm sure it's because I just didn't know how important it was. And because, um, working on range of motion exercises, if, if we just did that for 30 minutes, it looks easy. Um, it's not necessarily easy. Like they have to really focus and, and work at improving their range of motion, but it doesn't look like uh, the days when you're in there doing box jumps and right. the kids are doing, um, you know, lifts and, and working hard and going from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's a, a recovery day kind of, um, but it's important and it's worth it. And uh, so I think, we need to spend more time on improving range of motion with you. You, you give a bunch of exercise ideas. Um, and I think the thoracic spine is one of the places we need to improve our, our flexibility the most. Um, I see it in our flyers. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have a hard time up to press. Um, and then, and so that's also some shoulder flexibility as well. But anyway, yeah, we need to, I need to, put more of an emphasis on range of motion now that I know how important it is, even though it looks easy, right? Well, and it's a credit to you as a coach that you probably were able to explain it effectively to the swimmers. So they're not just spending that time goofing off, right? Because like you said, it's not like you're doing box jumps and you have to pay attention or you have to be engaged in producing force. In, in the other sense, you got to make sure you're, you know, following our rules of stretching, right? Being able to breathe, being able to smile and then like, all right, can we increase some range a little bit here comfortably and not, you know, you're in tears because it's so hard. So that, that's a fine line and credit to you as a coach to be able to explain that to the kids. So then they're actually doing it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, uh, you know, some days it works better than others. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but for the most part, you know, our, our swimmers are, uh, you know, they're, they're really motivated. They want to get better again. It's the junior and seniors. So it's the kind of the older group and they, they get it. Um, and they also know that, Hey, if you're, if your technique in the water is pretty spot on mm -hmm. and we're following this, uh, seasonal training plan for your swimming and, and here's the goals and all this kind of stuff. Well, if they're already doing that, what's next, you know, they, they need that next thing. Um, to help them keep getting better. You, you, they always, you gotta have something 
new or, or not necessarily new, but something, uh, that you improve upon each mm -hmm. season. Right. And, uh, range. I think they get it. That range of motion, it could be their thing this year. You know, um, the one thing that they can add to their, uh, toolbox mm -hmm. to help them improve this year. So you think about just a few more degrees, the angle of that, you know, early vertical forearm, which every swim coach knows in the world, right? Like no coach is saying, well, you need a flat forearm and it's really going to be better, right? No coach is saying that, but it then goes to, like we were talking about earlier, if the kids can't get into that position, you can talk to them about it until you're blue in the face. And then you're going to get frustrated as a coach. They're not listening to me. Maybe I'm not explaining it right, but actually figuring out what the root of the problem is here. And like, okay, we need some more range of motion around the shoulder for them to actually be able to get into this position. I mean, that, that's a real light bulb moment when a coach can figure that out and then relate it to their athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think uh, most of the athletes get it too. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you explain, explain the benefits of it, um, you know, they get it. Maybe, maybe the 11-year-old uh, who's just, just figuring out why their body moves a certain way. Maybe they're not quite there yet, but they will be, you know? And so if you can, if we can make a focus and put an emphasis on these things like range of motion, um, athleticism, core stability, if we can do that now, then by the time they're 18, they should be rock solid. Yeah. I want to go back, Josh, we mentioned a few times about, you know, doing abs or core in, in whether it's before or after practice. And this is just built into swimming culture, right? Like you get there 10 minutes before, all right, guys do abs or your practice is done. All right, just go do 20 minutes of abs there. Coaches maybe got turned their back, run another group. You know, we, we all know how this goes, right? But talk a little bit more about what the difference looks like for that part of your program. The before, let's just do 20 minutes of abs. And now what does that look like? Yeah. So basically what you described is exactly what we did. Um, <laughs> And it was, it was, we would go 10 minutes um, and it would be 45 seconds on mm -hmm. and then 15 seconds off. And usually it was, uh, you know, it's like after their practice and the other group is getting in and I need to coach them. So I would choose one of the kids to, right. to run the court, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the abs. Um, and they were, they were okay. Like the exercises were okay. There were there were V-ups and uh, rowboats and, uh, you know, bicycles, all, yeah. all that normal kind of stuff. But um, it was all the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. They were all doing the same exercises and not everybody's at the same spot, right? Um, so we did the, the plank test and we, re we figured out, okay, you're a level one. <laughs> you guys are level two. Uh, we didn't have – we didn't have anybody that was level three, maybe one guy was close, but, uh, he, we put him in level two. And, um, so now they have some exercises from those levels to kind of progress mm -hmm. them up. Um, so, you know, they're doing, they're doing the front planks, they're doing the, uh, sandbag drags and, um, different kind of stuff. A lot of it is stabilization. So engaging the whole core mm -hmm. and trying to keep tension through the whole core, as opposed to just doing sit-ups, right? Or flutter kicks or yeah. whatever it may be. And I got to think that the kids are being able to see themselves improving because they have exercises now at their appropriate level. Like you said, the kid that's almost at level three, his V-ups are looking way different than the level one kid, I'm sure. But now they have appropriate exercises to do. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it's more individualized to them, and I'm sure they appreciate it, uh, especially the level one, one swimmers. I bet they really appreciate it because now they're able to actually do the exercises and kind of and get something out of it. Um, where the level the kid that's almost a level three, I'm sure he appreciates it too because now he can work a little harder or, yeah. or do something a little more. Challenges um, up to that level. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely helped all around. Um, you know, they they keep seeing progress and, uh, we'll keep giving them new exercises in their level. And then I think we'll probably do another plank test. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe in a couple weeks and see yeah. if anybody's ready to jump up to three <laughs> and how many people have moved up to level two. And that should really enforce it to them, yeah. you know, be like, Oh, okay. Well, we've been doing these core ab exercises for how long? And I didn't really improve. And now in a month, I've gone from level one to level two. So, mm -hmm. and then the beauty of that is, so let's say you have a kid that doesn't improve very much. Then I could see very easily you have a conversation. Hey, you either need to pay more attention in what we're doing here. Like you need to engage because obviously you're not because you didn't improve or supplement it and do some extra of these at home on off days or whatever. And now you are able to empower the kids to really be in control of their career. And what does that look like in their performance? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If they see all their, all their buddies moving up from level one to level two and they're not, they might think, Oh, I, I gotta, I must be doing something wrong here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, Josh, we've heard a couple of general ways your swimmers are improving. Do you have a specific story or two you'd like to share of how you've seen and, and it could be maybe previously where you've seen Dryland help because I know this last few months has been, you know, maybe a little bit different for you guys, but I'm curious if you have some success stories you can share with us about Dryland. Yeah. Um, and this would be prior to the surge program, um, you know, cause, cause we just got that started um, yeah. fairly, fairly recently, but, um, yeah, as far as Dryland and strength training goes, I think one story that pops to mind is, um, this was probably, let's see, 2018 or so we had a, a female swimmer. She was 15 years old at the time. And, um, she's just, uh, thin and, uh, she's fairly tall. You know, she's probably, she's probably close to six foot. Um, maybe, maybe not quite six foot, but close, but she, uh, just doesn't have a lot of muscle mass. You know, that's just her body type is, mm -hmm. is a very, very thin. And, um, she wasn't, you know, her technique was good. She knew what to do. She just wasn't able to pull very much water. Um, mm. She just didn't have the strength. And uh, so she was swimming flying back because um, she had good technique. So she could hold, hold a stroke for a long time, right? It just, she wasn't holding the amount of water and having the amount of power that, that she wanted. So I think she was like a 219 in the 200 backstroke at that time. Um, and then we got her in the weight room and we started working on strength stuff. Um, she had, she had good technique in the weight room too. That's, that's kind of her thing is she's, she's really focused on doing things correctly and mm -hmm. she's really, really motivated that way. Um, and so we started working on, you know, strength and endurance for her lats and for her kick, for her legs, her mm -hmm. core, all that kind of stuff, just kind of putting it together. And she did work on some athleticism stuff. You know, we were doing some plyometrics and box jumps and um, farmer's walk and that kind of stuff. Um, and so 
in a short amount of time, she had dropped down to uh, 2019. She was a 205 in the 200 back. So there was 14 seconds right there. Um, now that was over. That was over uh, two seasons. It might have been a season and a half that she. But still, yeah, I mean, 14 seconds is a huge amount, right? Um, and so now that 205, that's getting a little quicker. It's going to be harder to drop right. time from that. You know, at 219, there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, but even even still, um, she's able to work harder. And and since we, she's been in the weight room, um, she's able to hold more water. Her stroke count has gone down. That's a big thing we talk about a lot is stroke count, stroke count and tempo. And, you know, if their tempo is in the right range, but they're taking 20 strokes length, I keep telling them, you got to hold more water. You got to take less strokes. Well, if they're not strong enough to hold that water, how are they supposed to do it? Right. Um, so she's worked really hard on that. Uh, and her injury, she, she was having shoulder problems, you know, early on back when she was 15, 16, she was having shoulder issues and we got her in the weight room and shoulder issues went way down, mm. um, to the point where she really doesn't have, doesn't have shoulder issues anymore. She was using that kinesio tape and all yeah. kinds of stuff just to stay in the pool. And now I haven't seen her with that tape on in a long time. So it literally is um, just a bandaid. It's not going to fix it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's expensive um, bandaid. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now she's uh two Oh three, um, in the two bags, she got her futures cut. She's, uh, just signed recently with Northern Michigan. So awesome. she'll go swim for them next year. So yeah. And I attribute a lot of that to, um, her, discipline in the weight room and mm. getting stronger and being able to hold the amount of water that you have to hold to go a 203. Yeah. I feel yeah. females, especially dryland can be such a secret weapon. You know, like, I mean, if you get a girl, e even just from a confidence standpoint, from them going from no pull-ups to being able to do a few pull-ups, like just, you can see behind the block, like they stand a little bit taller, like, all right, like I'm strong, I can do this. And then like you said, all right, now if we can help her catch and hold water more, it's just going to multiply the effect from that. So that, that's awesome sharing that, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited for her. Um, you know, we're excited for uh, the kids that, that put in the time. That's, that's probably the, I, I guess the most fun part about being a coach is uh, watching the kids that really work hard and put in the time and put in the energy uh, and have the focus, watching them succeed, you mm -hmm. know, and all that hard work and all that time and sacrifice that they put into it, watching it pay off. That's, that's probably the, my favorite thing, at least about coaching. No, that's awesome. Can you, as we're wrapping up here, Josh, can you share with other coaches why they should become Surge Strength Dryland certified? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I, I thought I knew quite a bit, right? You went to school for this stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, and then I started the, the program and I mean, I was in module one. We, I was just getting started and I, I was learning a lot and uh, getting excited and getting motivated. So no matter what um, experience level you have in dry land, uh, I think you can always get, get more. You can always gain more knowledge. You can always learn new exercises, um, why you're doing those exercises. Mm. Maybe it's just learn different ways of talking to the swimmers. Like, um, you know, if one kid is struggling to do an exercise, maybe it's just that you're, 
you're not able to say the trigger words that, that help them to realize what their squat should look like. Right. Um, and so this program has been awesome helping, helping with all that, helping with learning exercises, um, learning trigger words and, and tips and tricks and all this stuff. So I think, uh, you know, if you're going to do dry land as a team, um, which I think, I think everybody should, I think it's important, but if you're going to do it, you might as well do it at the best way you can. Hmm. And, um, while the, the surge program, you know, it takes a little time to get through, but it should, right. Because, uh, <laughs> if you're going to say that you're certified in something, you, you should probably have put some time and effort into it to really learn it. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend the surge program for, for any coach that's running dry land. That's awesome. And then it's going to help your sanity as a coach, right, Josh? Cause now you can know, okay, it's not me with my, you know, ineffective cues or the kids goofing off. They literally <laughs> can't move in that range yet. So I need to figure out how to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes, makes me feel a little better that maybe Maybe I was trying to teach it correctly. They just couldn't do it. Right? right, Josh, thanks so much for your time. We're going to have to check in with you when you guys get some competitions under your belt after you got a few more months of implementing the principles you learned becoming SSDC. So thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is coming soon. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification. Open enrollment will be for a limited time only. So join the SSDC waitlist and don't miss this chance to gain more knowledge about Dryland. When you become SSDC, you'll be able to save yourself time and frustration while getting better results with your Dryland training. Get ready for open enrollment to become SSDC today.